0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All righty, how's it going, Mets and overall baseball fans? Thank you guys all so much for chiming back in. For your latest Believe in Queens episode, myself, Wardy, that you know, especially here on YouTube, that is Joe Sorallo. Anthony Wrecker is not here with us like he was last week while Joe was gone, so, of course, they have to flip-flop. God forbid they're
1: with each other at the same time here the past couple weeks. You know, if Wrecker was a considerate co-host, he would do what I did last week and at least show that he cares about Believe in Queens by chiming in from the car. All right? Like, (laughs) last week, I think I showed my passion. That was on full display. That's a good point. I I
0: honestly forgot for a hot minute that you were in the car for. come on man 15 minutes i get a 15 15 minute spot from sepulveda exactly doing your little rant on the hall of fame as you should by the way well deserved well-deserved well deserved. absolutely so we're going to be breaking down all the ladies for the mets i mean for audio listeners you already heard my raw reactions to the mcneil extension but we're going to be expanding further on it want to hear from joe especially what are his thoughts are we'll go into the contract details mcneil had his presser today going to share just some comments that he shared during their time there and what is next for the mets now because there's more reasons to believe than ever that an alonzo extension Could be more greater now with McNeil having been done here by the Mets. So the question is, when will that happen? What is the price point aside from what we've already discussed a little bit this this offseason? Then we'll get into a little bit more on just the overall Mets and all the latest moves that they've done so far. News, rumors, all that fun stuff. And let me just double check my notes real quick to make sure that I'm not missing anything. Oh yeah, the big discussion is Shohei Otani. Yes, I know that looks like Otani probably won't have a decision. Until at minimum, next free agency, if not the trade in line, if he's dealt anywhere. But rest assured, the Mets are already looking to be a top dog, a top contender to potentially land the best player in baseball. Plenty of that and more coming up. But before we get into it all, all I ask is that you guys make sure to smash those buttons here on YouTube. Greatly appreciate. And of course, I'd let you all know that today's show is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting needs. So make sure you head over to BetOnline.ag using promo code BELIEVE at BLEAV. That way you get yourself a 50% off welcome bonus. BetOnline, it's where the games begin. And now... Joe, let's let the show begin. I think this is episode I I want to say it's 45 if we're counting the McNeil one I did solo. Right. I was
1: gonna say 44, but I might have forgotten about the McNeil one.
0: Yeah, I think it's I think it's 45. So
1: Tyler, at, it, at this point, it's safe to say we're balls deep. That's, we're that's where we're at. De- yes, god,
0: god, forbid we don't go five minutes without trying to make any some type of sexual reference. I'm already
1: just I'm upset thinking about like the number of like which show this is. This is forty-five, by the way. It's the Pedro Martinez episode. Yes, it is. Uh, but number forty, we will not have Degrom for number uh, for episode forty-eight. Not that we would have had Degrom anyway, but. Would have been nice episode 48 to, you know, at, at least think about Jake or at least say it's the Jacob Gram episode. It's no longer the Jacob Gram episode. And it's funny that you bring up Jake because before we get into the
0: McNeil news, I want to hear your thoughts on that. We did see just come out an article over the past day that apparently, according to Buck Showalter, Jacob deGrom had said to him how he was fully expecting to be a Met. And Is, I think chair down too low. The, is your chair too low? That's bad. Yeah, you're fine yeah i mean you look like a giant as is so i mean it stands out perfectly so uh going back to my initial comment though uh apparently degrom according to him from buck show walter is that they had a discussion that he hopes to discuss with buck later on in his career like what actually happened between him and the mets because he really thought that he was going to be back here now that might be a little contrary to belief than what we initially thought it seemed like jake you know Won the bag, apparently the Mets didn't even get the final say in an offer, even if they weren't going to offer him the money he was necessarily looking for. They weren't even in there in the final day of negotiations before he went over to Texas, apparently. So unless that is wrong and we're going to find that out down the road, it's interesting to hear. But again, I don't think we need to harp on it much more. It is what is now. Jake's in the past will always appreciate it. Appreciate him for what he did in Queens, but now it's time to focus on the brighter things in life, like the Justin Verlanders, for example. So with that being said, Joe, let's get into what has been exciting, and that is Jeff McNeil, a surprise extension out of nowhere. Four years, $50 million. And if we break down that contract just in the knit and gritty here for a second so viewers know, or listeners rather, $6.25 million in year one, $10.25 million in year two, $15.75 million in year three, Fifteen point seven five in year four, and he has a fifteen point seven five million dollar option for twenty twenty seven with a two million dollar buyout, and I do believe that is a team option for twenty twenty
1: seven. So, let me hear what's your raw reaction to the McNeil news? It's incredible. It's a great deal. It's team friendly. You know, I mean, it's obviously McNeil friendly. He's not complaining about the contract, even though could he have gotten more in the open market? Yes, probably. But McNeil, you know, he, he said it just today. I believe was his press conference. He said, "Look, all I know." are the new york mets i've always been a met i always want to be a met so everyone's happy look the guy you know at the end of the day whether you know he could have gotten four years for 50 with the mets or maybe four years for 64 somewhere else either way you're talking about a guy who has now created generational wealth for him and his family his kids his future kids his grandkids the guy's set for life he's with the team with the teammates i think most importantly that he wants to be with for at least the majority of the rest of his career. Him and Alonzo have an undeniable great chemistry. Him and Francisco Lindor seem to have improved their chemistry last year from where it was at two years ago when they're fighting over raccoons and rats in the, uh, in the dugout. I mean, McNeil, you know, Wrecker has spoken on, the, on this show about McNeil's attitude from a couple years ago. This year we saw a 180, and we saw a guy who wants to be a Met for Life and a guy who I think will be a Met for Life. It's, it's the perfect contract. And I love that it's backloaded. Because normally backloaded contracts can get you into trouble, but McNeil is still, I mean, the style of player he is, the guy plays hard, plays 110% every time. Plus, he's also, I mean, you know, he's not a guy who's going to, you know, maybe hit 40 home runs this year and then you might see a decline uh, two to three years down the road, right? He's a contact hitter. He's got great back control, great barrel control. I think he'll still be a great contact hitter in three, four years from now. And the backloaded contract helps the Mets save a little money now when they're paying ridiculous exorbitant amounts to guys like scherzer and verlander and then in three to four years when those guys are off the books mcneil will get that spike from six to ten to 15 ultimately so i think it's a really smartly constructed contract it's a team-friendly contract and i'm just excited jeff mcneil wants to be met for the foreseeable future
0: as am I, and before I expand on my thoughts here, I just want to say move the mic up a little bit. I think that'll help your oh audio. my just god, you're sa- everyone's a critic. I know, I'm sorry. I just want to make sure there's not too much of an echo. See, you have a very similar mic to the one that I have from the holiday. I still need to set it up though, because I'm missing like one piece. It's um, it's a sure mic, it- it's similar to that it's, it's a sure. slightly not? different, sure, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, great thoughts on Jeff. And for me, it's funny because last time that we spoke together or two episodes prior whenever it was when we discussed potential extensions with the Mets I mean you and I were in agreement Joe that McNeil looked like he'd be the more likely to not be extended between the two between him and Alonzo and to see I I mean like the deal at four years 50 million dollars I mean it, it really doesn't get much better than that how can you dislike this deal if you're a Mets fan
1: Right. You you can't. I I mean, and what I worried about with McNeil was like, are the Mets going to give him six for 120? Probably not. Well, I mean, obviously the numbers weren't even close to that. Like there were people saying McNeil would command a NIMO type contract and that that wasn't even close to the case. Now I thought four for 64 was probably more realistic. Maybe like a four for 72, even four for 50 is a freaking steal. I, I mean, that's like, you know, given today's given inflation and today's contracts, Jeff McNeil, to win a batting title and, and and be kept for such a cheap, team-friendly deal, that's insane. But, you know, those are the kind of guys you want. I'm all for, as an athlete, as a player, go get the bag. Go lock up that generational wealth for your family. I'm all for it. But, you know, McNeil, he, he really showed that, hey, what's the difference between 50 mil and 64 mil, right? Like, yeah. e- either way, I'm set for life. My kids are set for life. I want to be a Met. I want to win. That's what I love about Jeff McNeil so much. The guy, all he wants to do is freaking win. And, uh, and I think the Mets have a lot of guys like that. I think Francisco Lindor is like that. I think Pete Alonzo is like that. I think Brandon Nimmo is like that. I mean, you go up and down this lineup, up and down this pitching rotation, Max Scherzer, right? Like, all these guys want to do is win. And, and those are the guys you want to surround yourself with. You don't want guys who, who care more about their paycheck than they do about the outcome after nine innings on the diamond. So McNeil's the perfect guy for this team. I've always loved him since he came up. And, uh, you know, he's got a real shot, but I think he's interesting, Wardy is that, you know, given the pace he's been on the past few full seasons, he's got a real shot to uh, crack the top five, if not the top four, on the Mets' all-time hit list by the time this contract is up.
0: And what's even more absurd about that is you think of when McNeil was brought up. I mean, he was a late bloomer, right? Right. He's even older than Alonzo getting into this. He's already at the age of 30. So, I mean, if McHitts ends his Mets tenure, top four or five or hits, that would be amazing and rightfully deserved because this is a guy who's now coming off of his first NL Bang Champ Award winning year, you know, Silver Slugger. When you look at the year prior in 2021, not only with the lackluster play for the first time in his career, not handling the shift well, heavily shifted, and might add a McNeil player who's been so great at avoiding the shift now working around it now has one less thing to worry about for the next couple of years with the shift assumably gone for the most part. No more three guys down the first baseline, stuff of like that. That's definitely going to help someone like him who can pull the ball from time to time when he's not spreading it for opposite field. But offensively, what McNeil has brought to this team in 2021, dealing with that hamstring injury, that took a lot on him emotionally. And you saw that. And that's what led with the rat and raccoon incident. That's what led to many rumors, that ensuing offseason, that, okay, it looks like we have a character issue here with McNeil. And if the Mets can maybe at the right price, a stud pitcher could be willing to part with them. Now they decide to stay with McNeil brain in Buck showalter changes his coaching staff bringing different management that has done nothing but wonders getting back to his old game and potentially still we may have yet to see the best Jeff McNeil so I'm so excited for him and the next four years in Queens I'm beyond happy for him his wife Tatiana their newborn and the dog that they have I think is a dog's name Willow. I think it's Willow. I think you're I, right.
1: Wow. Yeah. 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 That, that's impressive because yeah. if you didn't say that, there was no way I was pulling the guy's dog's name out of my ass.
0: Yeah. I, I, I remember I, when he first got the dog and it was adorable. I'm like, I okay. Think I, they I'm might gonna... have two dogs now. They're, they're big, they're big dog rescue people. Oh, okay. So it's like the Scherzer way because I know Scherzer does the same thing.
1: Are, are is Scherzer, are they big uh, into? Yes. Scherzer, I, I love Scherzer these guys. Has, and,
0: and... Sorry to cut you off. Scherzer even has like, you know, the cattle dog with the two different colored eyes to match him.
1: Of course he does. Yeah, of, like, of it's, it's does. awesome. Yeah, they yeah, have I, I love them. these guys in many cases. I love their wives, too. I just I, I don't know enough about their pets. Mm-hmm. I can tell you more about the wives in Queens than I could the pets. Oh, <laughs> color me surprised. Welcome to the club, Kate Upton. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I mean, regarding McNeil, uh, any
0: any final comments you want to share? Just besides the fact that this is beyond deserving. Uh, it's funny for me. I, at I mean,
1: least. He, he's just like he's the best pure left handed hitter that the Mets have had since, you know, Keith Hernandez. And it's no disrespect to, you know, many other great hitters that they've had. No disrespect to friend of the show, Daniel Murphy. Don't forget though, you know, Murphy had a couple really good years. I think he hit 300 or maybe close to 310 once as a Met. Then he had the ridiculous postseason. but Murphy's best years, his batting title years, you know, where he was, I don't know if he ever won a batting title, but he was like a top two top three finisher with the nationals hitting 330, 30 home runs. That all came regular season wise after he left the Mets. So Jeff McNeil, you know, best gap to gap left handed contact hitter we've seen since Keith. Uh, you mentioned the 2021 struggles. I think it's because McNeil was just trying to to hit for power too much. And when he tries to hit for power, yep. he pulls the ball he and has he strikes out lane. more. And they were you know,
0: analytical he, too. Keep that right,
1: in mind. 100%. When he just, you know, see the ball, hit the ball, as simple as that, I mean, he'll spray it everywhere and he'll hit 330 the rest of his life if he keeps doing that. And I think that's what he's going to do because it worked. You know, the Mets don't need Jeff McNeil to hit 20 home runs, he's capable. But I'd rather him hit 10 and bat 330 and let Lindor hit 30 home runs. Let Alonzo hit 40 home runs. You know, let let Marte, when he's healthy, he's a 25 home run shoe in when he's healthy. The Mets have enough pop. I know people have knocked them for their lack of power. I truly believe they have enough. And when they get Shohei Otani in July, they'll have even more.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that's a good segue. But right before we get there, my final comments on this is, that you know, McNeil, when I initially broke the news like on the YouTube channel and I put it on audio for our Believe in Queens podcast, a lot of comments I got on YouTube, especially, were saying, You know, I'm honestly upset for Jeff. On it felt like an underpay. Uh, I mean, universally, Mets fans were like, This guy probably should have gone more, and like, I honestly feel bad for him. I'm like, I get that, but at the end of the day, I mean, this is great for the Mets, and he's obviously ecstatic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, it could could Jeff have gone more. Yes, there's a possibility he could have. Maybe if he either waited a year or even waited free agency. But keep in mind that McNeil, by the time he'd hit free agent market, he'd be around the age of 33. You'd have to hope he'd be fully healthy. I mean, guys that are his type of play style, like the Ben Zobris of the world. How much more of a bag are you going to get versus what McNeil just got there?
1: Right. I mean, right. look, God forbid an injury happens. You know, look, he had the yep. money right in front of him. He took it. You know, people, I, I get it. He could have gotten more on the open market. If he was in the open market this year, for sure, I understand that. But I feel bad for the guy. Guy just locked up 50 mil guaranteed with a chance to make over 60 if, they, uh, if that 50-year team option gets exercised. I'm not feeling bad for anyone who's going to make 50 mil over the course of their lifetime. But McNeil, like you said, Tyler, he's ecstatic about it. So why would you feel bad? He is thrilled to be here. Look, we were talking about it. Obviously, he had the the picture of City Field that, what was it, an Instagram story last week that seemed cryptic. And then uh, late last week, I know I told you and record this, he was at, I think it was uh, actually last Tuesday, the night of, The night that we recorded Believe in Queens when I was in the car, he was at the Syosset Baseball Gala on Long Island, my hometown of Syosset. My little brother and little sister both play Syosset baseball and softball. McNeil was at the gala. He was the guest of honor. Uh, Little bro got a great picture with him. I mean, you know, obviously he's smiling for all the pictures. But McNeil just – you could tell – I don't know. Some people might say he was smiling because it was a photo op. He looked happy to be there. It didn't look like he was, you know, forcing anything. We see sometimes these guys, they go through the motions, you know. Jeff McNeil, I really believe, wants to be in New York, wants to stay in New York, wants to be a Met lifer. I I just, I don't know, everything I've seen the past week and a half that led up to this extension being formally announced, it, it just seemed like it was inevitable because Jeff McNeil wanted it to happen.
0: And when you looked at his pressure today, I mean, it just reaffirmed that he said, you know, I've been in the organization since yeah. 2013, New York is my home. This is where I want to be. I can't imagine myself anywhere else. That's just always great to, it's always, it's just always so nice to find out that, you know, homegrown talent wants to stay here and be right. here long term. That's what we need to see more of, which is going to be a nice transition soon into Alonzo, et cetera. But one final tidbit on McNeil from his presser today, you know, if you, For those that aren't aware, Lindor did make an agreement last year with McNeil that w- if he won the NL batting title, he would be gifted a car from Lindor. When McNeil was asked today on if he has been gifted a car yet uh, from Lindor, McNeil said no. But I did recently send a video to Lindor of a couple cars that I have in mind. So if it's any one of those, then I'll be very happy. Did, so th- did, did we see which cars they were? No, but I'm going to go on a limb and say that they're worth a little bit of a pretty penny. Um, Uh, I
1: want to call them uh, McLaren McNeil. Uh, Yeah, McLaren McNeil.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful.
1: (laughs) I, I might tweet that at Lindor. McLaren McNeil, how you doing?
0: Yeah, how you doing? Make it happen. But, yeah, I, I don't think there's much more that needs to be hopped, um, harped on regarding McNeil. We're so happy for him. Again, the hits got himself. Hopefully, this is the first of many batting champs that he brings to the NL. And things will even be more interesting this year because the AL batting champ is now in the NL East. That being in uh, – I can't, what, Luis orias Yeah, Orias. I don't know why, but I was thinking Omar Narvaez. Uh, oh, my God. Little, you know what? I, little, I get it. I get it. Yeah, a little bit similar last name, but I just completely yeah. blanked for a minute. But – Let's go now from the McNeil talk to okay. We saw McNeil happen. Now, when's Alonzo happening? Because we have heard rumblings that it's going to happen. Drunk. It's going to happen, but the question is when? Because originally, I was we were seeing reporting uh, first of Michael Marino. Shot of Michael as well, a good friend of mine, a great independent reporter on social media it did break news today, like for the first time ever, um, on a signing on breaking that Zach Green had signed. With the um, is it Zach Green from Chad, the Yankees? Chad. Chad Green. Zach Green's on the Mets. The Zach other Green Yankees. A, didn't it.
1: the Mets rule five him?
0: Yes, they did from the Yanks. So Chad Green signed a multi-year deal uh with the Blue Jays, saying he broke it. So Ken Rosenthal, we're all crediting him as first. So shout to you, Michael. Happy for you. But Marino, we got
1: Tyler uh, mixing up Arias and Narvaez. I and got know. Chad I'm all Green over the place. Zach Green.
0: It's off-season content. Next instead of Joe Cirillo, he's
1: going to call me Jeff Cirillo, the old Brewers utility guy. I'm going to just call you Joe Schmo. That's what I'm going to call you. Yeah, him. That, that's appropriate. Too. yes
0: uh but yeah going back to uh what he was initially reporting after the mcneil news was that there is a little bit more pessimism on the alonzo front at the time just saying that it seemed like as in now trying to get an alonzo extension done before the season begins is quite the uphill battle now since then we have seen reporting to indicate that all kind of stars are aligning that the mets are going to definitely try to get something done but if they don't get it by the time the season begins it's not to denounce a possibility of either mid-season after the year as long as they get an extension done with alonzo before he's going to be set to hit the free agent market in a couple of years that's
1: truly all that's going to matter at the end of the day and for- yeah i mean we have so much time when it comes to alonzo i'm just pulling up his contract right here and yeah. you know according to spotrack uh, which is the best for any contract questions um, we have how long is he under contract for
0: He's under contract until twenty twenty five offseason.
1: Bam! There it is. I was on the wrong tab. Yep, UFA twenty twenty five. So we got two more years of Alonzo. I mean, if it doesn't happen this off season, it's a guarantee that it'll happen next off season. He's not going to reach the open market. It's going to be at least like an eight year two hundred mil situation. Twenty five, yeah, eight, exactly. eight year two
0: hundred mil, exact. Eight year two hundred to two thirty is like my guess. I think that's he's like making like right fourteen in the and war. a half this year off arbitration. Yeah, he's the highest paid Ooh. guy pre-arbitration ever in the history of mlb
1: okay go off pete go off pete 14 and a half off arb i missed that number completely this is the first time i'm seeing that that's amazing yeah
0: yeah M- most most among first baseman in mlb's history and it's funny because when you double that you get to 30 million can you uh, hear Jim, me i i hear you but your your camera just cut off it's uh okay.
1: you know this is why i said just let me use the webcam I didn't want to use the camera. Did the the camera die? Is that
0: that what just happened?
1: Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what happened here. It's okay. We'll still... I'm going to get the production team. You can uh, can carry for a minute.
0: Okay, you carry for a minute. And why don't you text me when you're back in the show? Okay, well, while Joe has technical difficulties, for, for those that don't know, Joe is at the Believe Network Studios right now as they're trying to get this figured out on his front um the camera just went off i'd imagine i think it died because that looked like good camera quality which makes me believe that it's not just a normal webcam i think it's he's using an actual camera and they use yes i am exactly um so i think the camera just died here my buddy the same thing happens to him like literally every time he records so he usually has two two cameras set up his main camera and then a webcam to the side are you um, telling me I'm
1: incompetent now because I didn't have a second backup camera ready? I'm not
0: saying you're incompetent. I'm just saying, you know, bad. Tyler, I'm kind of done
1: with your bullshit at this point. <laughs> bullshit, says the guy with the black screen. Come on. Hey, I look great right now. All right. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about you, but I'm sure our viewers can attest to it. I look fantastic right now that they don't have to see me. While we're in this little, um,
0: Hiatus. Let let me answer. Limit, we'll we'll call it purgatory. We're in purgatory. We're in purgatory.
1: Uh Kish, thank
0: you for the five dollar donation. Great member on YouTube says McNeil shirt. Sure. alonzo okay. Otani, yeah, I get it. When is the Vogelback? Is looking um fat stream? Also keep up the hustle man. Uh thank <laughs> that's you, Alex. that's fine. Thank oh, Did I hear Vogelback? Yeah, it says when is Vogelback is looking fat stream? What? That's fine. Oh my goodness, we just got a shirtless Soralo. The the back. Trudon, Kish, thank you for the donation i appreciate that really really do,
1: does mean a lot that was hilarious
0: oh my you guys just got you guys just got only
1: fans content
0: for free you realize this
1: <laughs> i know and you know that there's a reason the donations are coming in hot and heavy right now
0: i know that's that's great
1: okay so the
0: camera is now focused
1: thank Beautiful. you alex. Sh- shout out to that. alex misopolis by the way our lead producer oh, over, thank you so much
0: alex appreciate you fantastic job
1: because okay. I, I just I would have like joined from my phone if, if we, had yeah. Had I mean, you, it, got, you I gotta, gotta have do been like, it. ah, fuck it. I'm, I don't know what the hell I'm doing.
0: You gotta do what you gotta do. Uh, the Dodgers just agreed to a two year extension with Tony Gonsolin. Breaking yeah, it's news better than for, Trevor Bauer, it is better than Trevor Bauer. That's true. But I'm not gonna, we're not here to talk about the Dodgers, we're here to talk about the Mets. So, speaking of a team that will be in, um, ah, uh, speaking of a team like the Dodgers, the Mets also are in on a man making twice as much money as Alonzo just through. Pre-arbitration, that being in Uh-oh. Shohei Otani. Oh, I got to change my pants. You said, you said, Otani, I got to change my pants. <laughs> He's making $30 million on his one-year deal this year, which is just asinine to think about. Um, yeah. For for an arbitration deal, I should say, it's pretty crazy. But that's Shohei Otani, when you're the best player in baseball, and you see Artie Marino, the biggest schmuck of an owner in baseball, along with the Castellani and Cincinnati, and you know the other schmoes around there. Um, Can we send Moreno a schmuck shirt? Oh, we should. That would be amazing. Like one I'd, angel's way. Yeah, I'm, yeah.
1: Shit, I'll drive it down.
0: Moreno isn't only one of the sh- few schmucks that denied Steve Cohen on um, becoming owner a couple of years ago. He's also an owner that just had his team up for sale for the past number of months, but has decided to retract and take him off the market. He says, "You know what? I got unfinished business here, baby. Let me get back involved, too involved." That's the same thing between him and Steve Cohen two very active owners they get involved in their negotiations a hell of a lot but the biggest difference between the two is only one has any clue on what they're doing that being in Steve Conwell Artie Marino just like how Billy Upler was the former GM with the Angels look at the look at the vast difference I mean Billy Epler was on a record on on really wanting to pursue heavy after pitching and then when they couldn't land the Garrett Coles Zach Willers of the world just said let me save the money and wait till the next offseason for more pitching. No, Artie Moreno steps in. He's like, I want Anthony Rendon. And he goes and signs Anthony Rendon. That is just one example of oh, the confidence that is Art, Artie Moreno. So now they still own her for the Angels. The likelihood of Shohei Otani staying in Anaheim is so slim. It's just a matter of when is he going to be dealt, right? Is he going to be dealt at the trade deadline or is he going to just hit the market and be gone in free agency this upcoming year? But if there's one thing that we do know, and again, I understand it's early, but when you're talking about the best player in the game connected to the New York Mets, by God, we're going to talk about him quite a bit this year. It's, it's
1: going to get exhausting until we find out a resolution. Going to get exhausting? I think it's already exhausting. I mentioned Shohei Otani every chance I get.
0: That's true. You've been talking about him since really we've started the podcast. Because even last trade deadline, there were just there was some rumblings of Otani. Nothing seemed right. like it was significant, but there was a little rumblings, and the Yankees even went hard after him. Apparently, they just—I'd imagine that their version of hard is sending you know the Miguel and Duhars of the world. I was going to say,
1: <laughs> and, and Duhar and uh, and of Falafel. Like I mean, you know, <laughs> you're not going to get Shohei Otani unless you're sending Anthony Volpe and Jason Dominguez over there exactly
0: that's that's great but that's how they've been running for multiple years they've been very stubborn with giving up their prospects but Otani will be available and the Mets are already in Steve Cohen has already been reportedly discussing with the higher-ups and management for the Mets in their front office on an Otani pursuit and while he's not going to comment much more beyond that right now other from what we've heard you know there's full belief that with Billy Epper being the GM that originally signed Otani to the States, to the Anaheim Angels, to pair him up with Mike Trout a couple years ago. Um, You know, being the same GM that just brought in Kodai Senga and Flushing, Queens, you know, a great area for Asian descent and building that market. Not to denounce what you can also get in San Francisco and other areas. I I know that there's a lot of great areas for Asian descent and marketable that would be for Otani. I mean, you could even say that, you know, Otani going somewhere like Toronto would be marketable. Seattle, a lot of places would, right? Oh, yeah. Um, generational talent like him. But rest assured is that whether the Mets land Otani or not is yet to be seen. But what's been reported was 100% accurate. The Mets are going to decide the Otani deal. How so, you might ask, whether the Mets sign him or have an offer on the table. That offer is going to be so astronomical once he hits the agent market, assuming that he isn't traded somewhere at the deadline and isn't signed long-term there. Is that possible? Yes, it is. I think you look at the Dodgers, I am looking at them. I think you even look at the Padres just because they're crazy. I mean, A.J. Preller's nuts. I don't think they have enough assets for it, but again, they're just absolutely absurd. They, they'll they'll do their best due diligence here. Um, assuming that he waits until, say, next offseason, Mets are going to have more than likely a close to half a billion dollar contract offer on the table for him. And if the Dodgers best the Mets, okay, then good for them. If right. another team best the Mets, good for them. But the Mets are destined to set the market for Shohei Ohtani. So my question to you right now, Joe, is one, how likely do you think is it is for Ohtani to land in Queens? And two, what do you think is the more likely route to happen? Do you think that we won't find out a resolution on him being parted with until the trade deadline somewhere, whether that's the Mets or not? Or do you think it's going to wait until the free agent market next offseason?
1: I can't help but think, especially with the Carlos Correa deal falling through, that the Mets are going to trade for Shohei Ohtani. If Carlos Correa was a New York Met, I would have said that, you know, that's it. The Mets are going to ride with this roster and they'll wait. You know, they won't give up their prospects. They won't jump to do it in July. And Shohei Ohtani will be next offseason's project. If Correa was a Met, I would have said 55% chance Ohtani signs with the Mets, 45% chance he signs with the Dodgers. Now, I'm saying they try to trade for Ohtani. And if he reaches free agency, it's 70-30 chances Mets over Dodgers but I don't think they're gonna wait because at the end of the day their lineup is not that different from where it was a year ago and uh you know I, I think that they're gonna go all in for Otani at the deadline this is a team that can win 101 games without him can they win a world series without him I don't know I don't know I think the pitching's better from last year so maybe but uh, you know you need that protection in the lineup to have Lindor Alonzo and Otani back to back to back I mean it's just as scary as it gets not even mentioning Marte Nimmo McNeil so I think Otani is going to be a trade deadline acquisition. God knows we've got the draft, um, not the draft capital, the prospect capital to do so. Uh, and, and yeah, I think, you know, I think any deal, I saw something today, by the way, on Twitter. And if anyone else saw this, don't think it's true. I saw 10 years, 700 mil. That's oh, not- that was an
0: absolute gag. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Do, do not do not fall into that. But I think it's going to be closer to half a billion than 250 mil than a quarter of a billion. Definitely gonna be, I think the floor is four hundred million and I think it probably will exceed a half a billion when he reaches the open market.
0: Yeah. And it's it's insane to think about. But again, Juan Soto's on pace to get that money. So why would not say if money? Carlos
1: Correa was gonna get what, if Carlos Craig is going to get
0: $350 million.
1: Yeah. There's no chance that Otani isn't at minimum getting 500. By the million. way, really quickly, can we address the MLB network shortstop rankings and how the hell Correa is ahead I, of Lindor?
0: I've been trying to ignore these Joe. to be quite honest with you. It's all clickbait it, crap. It's, but... There's incompetence from everywhere. And Brian Kenny is at the tippity top of the list. I'm sure Rec would know. With <laughs> an MLB network. Oh, uh, sure. but my goodness, Brian, Kenny had a Lindor as low as seven or eight while the entire anal- analytical panel of MLB network all universally had a Lindor at number one Kenny's like asking why why the only what guy you it? can argue is Trey Turner Trey Turner am I here's here's what I think this you want my personal rating Bogart right is now? not
1: better Correa is not better Dansby is probably third I don't think Correa is better but he certainly has
0: potential to be if he can stay fully healthy I think i he's never I, had 100 RBI. But again, again, if he stays healthy and if he's in a deeper lineup, would Lindor have 100 RBI if he wasn't with the type of Mets lineup that they had last year? Again, things, I mean, things. What did
1: Correa have? Like 65. Lindor would have had more. Yeah, than Yeah, I mean, but
0: it's the it's the Twins. I'm not reeling that RBI much there in Minnesota. Let's be real. Even I home
1: runs, though. Like Correa. I mean, he's you know he's he's a lower power guy than people. I'm, think. I'm he's a, a really I'm good a, average hitter. You know, I I know it doesn't mean
0: everything, but I am a big WAR guy. I really am. So that's yeah. where I see a lot of the value with Correa. But going back to my point is, I think right now, the only shortstops that are completely ahead of Lindor is Trey Turner. I really think it's Trey right. Turner. And then, you know, I mean, offensively and defensively, you can make the argument for Dansby Swanson from last year because defensively, Dansby was actually elite. I mean, just like Lindor, they were both elite in their own right. Offensively, Swanson was a stud too. Did he um, their, like 1A, 1A 1B there? So, like when Wreck last season, for example, was making the comments of, like, you know, I think Dansby's ahead of him. I don't think Rec was talking out of his ass because last year, Dansby really was great. However, yeah,
1: no, I just think it's really close. Like, I think Swanson was ahead of him in the first half. And I think by the season's end, I think Lindor, all in all, had a better year than Swanson. And I know Swanson killed yeah. the Mets in that late series and the Braves won the division. Swanson you know?
0: strikes out like
1: more he than strikes out like else a mother, than you me. know what I like, mean?
0: Yeah. It's crazy, yeah. but I also think that Swanson's track record doesn't benefit him either. That's why I'm still taking Lindor on an overall ranking sure. standpoint because that, right. that was the first like true breakout year, right? So, And one thing that I think is going to benefit Lindor when looking down the road in comparisons with Turner is while Turner's an elite talent, we all know that he's going to be painting the ass for the Mets so much for the next how many ever years it's going to be. One thing that Turner relies on heavily with his game is his speed. And when that speed is going to diminish over the next – how many years we'll see right if that decreases significantly at all that is going to be a major factor into his production because it is right now and that's something that does not look to project great as he gets into then eventually his mid to late 30s and the second half of that contract lindor what he does have the benefit of is lindor isn't a speed demon lindor doesn't use speed to his advantage he'll still you fast back as hell. he's fast as hell but he, but he does
1: but again he's not like Remember, speed doesn't it. equal stolen bases necessarily. Lindner, when he's yeah. on the base pads, anything to the gap, if he's on first base, he's scoring from first. Yeah. He is fast as hell, mm-hmm. fast in the field, gets to uh, you know shallow pop-ups in the outfield and whatnot. He's fast as hell. He's just not a base stealer the way that Turner is. Oh, Turner, I don't even think had 30 stolen bases this year.
0: I don't know. He didn't. I think he had 20. He, his stolen 30.
1: base production was actually down this year. Even though his percentage was through the roof, the actual stolen bases were down.
0: I'm trying to think if there's any guy I'm missing. If there's anyone that I mean top five would for argue. me. Like
1: if you want to name a top five shortstops, like for me off the cuff, it's Turner one, Lindor two, Swanson three, Bogarts Correa four. F- I'll, I'll go Correa four because of the glove. Bogarts five. And Jeremy Payne is freaking creeping up on that list.
0: Yeah, I think Pena is going to break out a lot this year. And you yeah. know, who,
1: and you know who I also think that. So that's six guys I just named. Did I miss anyone?
0: You know who I think is going to really stand out this year too?
1: Troy Tulowitzki?
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how much I. This guy is expected to be playing in the outfield, so I'm not sure about too much. But Tatis, when Tatis, Tatis is only out for the first 20 games of the year. Right, but he's not the
1: shortstop anymore.
0: Yeah, he's not. You're right. Yeah. But if he if he's at all labeled shortstop again, if he does go back to that position and play it significant period of time, I know yeah, that he has a boatload of errors, but he, he still can be a stud too. Are they gonna uh, put him I, in
1: left? Uh or are they gonna move soda to left and put him in right?
0: That's a good question. I mean, who has a, I mean who has a stronger arm in right?
1: Soto's got a cannon, but Soto probably doesn't have the range. I mean, Soto's gloves. Soto was
0: also pretty. dog shit defensively last yeah, year. Yeah,
1: his, his gloves stunk. He's got a cannon. But at the same time, arm. Tatis
0: isn't known for being a stud outfielder either. So right, it's like, right, kind there's of a pick, lot of
1: unknowns there. But yeah, I mean, picking that, your point, that that elite
0: offense. But that defense, I, I kind of don't know what to expect there.
1: The infield defense is off the charts, though, with Machado. Bogarts is a good defender. Cronenworth's um, a really good defender. Uh, ha Sung Kim is is a sick defense. Is Kim still a Padre? He hasn't been dealt yet. Hasn't been dealt. And I don't think he's going to be at this rate. There were some hot and heavy Red Sox rumors.
0: There was, but they just acquired, you know, um, what's his face from the Royals? Oh, and... what? He just acquired Mondesi. So
1: yeah. I, I mean,
0: could they still go after Kim? Yes, but who knows? Either way, we're getting a little off track here. That was fun. Again, the reason why I don't want to get into the rankings much is because I really don't care. I mean, There's nothing at at this point, especially you can agree, right? You know, we're both doing this not only as a job, but because we're passionate, but we all have the ready information to really evaluate players and their talents. You know, I don't need to go and look at a specific analyst and be like, Oh, that's the way that it needs to be. It's not me when I'm 10 anymore. I can make my own rankings if I want. Because again, we all have the ready information. Whatever's most important to you, that's how you can base your rankings on. Mm -hmm. So Brian Kenny, by all means, have your opinion. Doesn't mean you're statistically right because you're not. But rest assured, I know you're still going to have your opinion and that's okay. It's it. I mean, well, he had Lindor eighth. Didn't he have like
1: Jed Lowry fifth? It felt like it. It felt. I mean, dude, he had like Beau Bichette and Corey Seeger. Like, what are you doing, Corey oh, Seeger. I forgot. I forgot, I forgot Corey Seager. Who would I? Oh, Seeger versus Pena.
0: Does Seager Seeger's gonna bounce love. back this year? With, well, he, the ship's he, gone.
1: He, he hit some homers. I yeah, mean, but he, he, offensively, he's gonna get better this year. I'm telling does you, he deserves some more love because I didn't even have him in my top six. But he's not wow. an elite defender at all, though. No, no, he's not. Bichette, I think, is a step beneath the five guys. Yeah. Bo, Pena, Bo's Pena's is glove is so good. Yeah. Bo, Bo's glove is not good. So, is it bad? I, I don't know enough about him defensively. Is he a liability in the field? Yes. Oh, okay. So that, that'd keep him beneath Pena in my rankings, at least. Yeah. Like, Short I don't have their OAA like the numbers in front of me, but I, I know Bichette has not been good defensively. What would you say the top three most important defensive positions are? Defensive positions. Yeah. Short
0: shortstop number one. Two, I would
1: I go center field to catcher three.
0: Yeah, I was thinking catcher two. Just because you know, we've seen bad catching. Yeah. And we do see the market makes. I mean, if a guy has constant pass balls happening, or if he has literally no arm, I mean, guys just know to run. Or bad play
1: calling I now, mean if you're they, making it up with you know making up for it with 40 home runs a la Mike Piazza we can live with it exactly but like
0: when R- Wilson Ramos is so bad that like Syndergaard and other guys are stubborn to not have
1: him well, as all right. you know Syndergaard him? is the worst pitcher in baseball holding guys on
0: no I'm i talking delivery. about game calling I'm not talking about stolen bases I'm just yeah. talking game calling and preference I mean Let's there's talk. a reason why DeGrom has favored Nito for multiple right. years. Right. And that the majority of that staff felt like because Nito was one of the top defensive catchers in all the game last year. Hence his extension. Happy for you, Nito Kane.
1: Love Tomas Nito.
0: We all love Tomas. So, yeah, catcher, center field, shortstop in any order. I think it's fair. And also, guys, just want to let you all know, before we wrap up the show, because we will be doing it very soon, just want to thank you all so much for being here. Continue smashing that like and subscribe on on YouTube really does me a lot. It helps get to a couple hundred likes whenever you're watching. So, make sure to rate, review, wherever you get your podcast. Ed with the quick donation says, once a push-up contest between Joe and Wrecker. You know, oh, I'm, a little, I'm a little offended, Ed, only because I literally was a push-up king in high school, I'm not too far removed. That's because I mean, you got I the was, short arms. I got the short arms. I was on the fitness team. You had a pump, I got like, I got like the six feet. foot
1: 10 wingspan over here.
0: Yeah, you got the wingspan. But it, it, yeah. No, I,
1: I mean, dude, trust me, it's a big I, disadvantage.
0: I know. I would I take 10 pushups right yesterday. now. Wreck would have us both beat because Wreck is like that perfect balance of just Rec, ripped I mean, and not, he's not He's not overly tall. Perfect How balance.
1: Wreck is, is just perfect. I mean, How he's a he's Donus like wrecker, is what we got to call him.
0: How tall is he? Like six foot?
1: rec yeah i think he's about six 6'2"? six two it's a little taller than what i thought i think i don't know okay I, never, I didn't take the tape measure out when we went out for drinks last <laughs> <Yeah>. week
0: <laughs>
1: i think rec's actually on the west coast with me right now that is true yeah how far
0: away is he from you
1: uh he's about four hours north
0: oh uh, okay J- just a, just a tad away yeah. same state though Big uh, CD with the donation says, I wondered the other day why Epler didn't go after Contreras as Alonzo protection under 100 million hundred million, the same protection. Oh, it's as simple as this, CD. You're not going to give Wilson Contreras a type of contract. When you have two of the top three catching prospects in all of baseball expected to hit the bigs in the next couple of years. That's why Wilson Contreras is not good defensively. His bat has been up and down. Would have loved him at the trade in the line, but for what he, prog- what he looks like he's going to progress at which very well could be DH towards the latter half of his career. You know, don't need to do that. Don't need to put more of a barrier in the way than what you already have for the Francisco Alvarez's and potentially as long as he's not traded, the Kevin Paradas of the world. I mean, this is the first time since 2011 that the Mets have two top three catching prospects that any team does my dad, not just the Mets.
1: Right. So the Mets, are, the Mets,
0: the Mets are in great company. That Parada pick was phenomenal and hopefully they both stay true and develop in the Mets organization. We get a lot of great uh, outings out of them. I can't wait uh, to
1: trade Parada for Otani.
0: Yeah, if you're going to trade Parada, Otani is that exception, absolutely. And that's going to bring a lot of hot debates as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline. But first, we have this whole thing called spring training, you know, World Baseball Classic, the season. So we're a little bit away before we get to the trade deadline. We're aware of that. Uh, One final note before we get out of here uh, regarding the World Baseball Classic is Kodai Senga was originally committed to go with team japan just like how the majority of the mets starters will be involved in the world baseball classic Senga will not be one of them he has decided to stay with the mets because he wants to get the full process the full development of spring training getting accustomed to playing north american ball and that is exactly what i want to see as much as i would have loved him with team japan and that absolutely loaded roster i want to see kodai Senga make sure that he's prioritizing what's most important and right now you can make the fair argument. It's him getting his MLB career started. So happy that he's going to be with, with the Mets from the jump. I'll be in spring training for five days to a week at some point in March. So I'm excited to hopefully see him during that span. And final notes is that Sterling Marte may not be ready for his spring training. Is not completely eliminated, ruled out from playing for Team DR yet, according to Billy Upward, That's a wait and see from the um, abdominal surgery he had this offseason. So another uh, second straight year with uh, Marte and the Mets where he'll be beginning spring training, not fully healthy. Again, just make sure that he's fully healthy to start the year or whenever he would start the year. That's all that matters to me. You need him down the stretch, something the Mets didn't have last year, and look at how much that ended up hurting them. Even though Marte played in the wild-card series, he still wasn't 100%, you could tell. and I mean, who knows where they would have landed. Maybe he still would have won the division if he was healthy in that final month of the season.
1: Probably would have. Probably yeah. would have. I'd say Marte's presence alone in that lineup, uh, over a guy like Tyler Naquin probably would have resulted in at least one win over Chicago or Atlanta.
0: Yeah, 100% agree with you there. But with that being said, guys, I think that's going to wrap up the show. Not a long one today. Uh, we will be back next week, I'm sure. We have some fun guests coming on the show in the in the ensuing weeks. so make sure you stay tuned for that one. Very excited for them. But that is Joe Sorallo at the Sorallo Sports Talk podcast. Make sure to check him out
1: there. Joe, you got any fun guests coming up? Super
0: weekend's coming sooner than later. Super Bowl
1: next week. Stay tuned all week. Tomorrow got Ross Tucker coming on the show. Uh, Of course, former you know NFL lineman, Pats, Bills, Browns. Uh, Now he's with uh, Westwood One as a reporter. So he's been doing sideline reporting for all these NFL playoff games. We're gonna talk conference championship Sunday as well as a little Super Bowl preview next week. Once we get down to Arizona, Uh, ridiculous guest list. Uh, More. More guys will be locked up by Friday. But just as of now, Levante David on Tampa Bay will be coming on the show. CJ 2K, the old Titans running back. Uh, Robbie Anderson of the Cardinals. Um, got, I'm not going to announce it yet, but a couple Hall of Famers in the works. Yeah, that are, don't, should be yeah finalized keep, keep them guessing. Friday. Wardy, Wardy knows. Wardy knows. Yeah. Might, have to, might have to play Puff Puff Pass with one of them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's great. And guys, of course, make sure to check me out here on Wardy NYM per usual on YouTube. I'm excited. My only announcement as of now is that, one, I am planning to do a jersey giveaway this week. So hopefully oh, we'll get that done on um, Thursday or Fridays when I'm eyeing a stream. So stay tuned for that, hopefully, guys. And we're even in a video. We'll see. And aside from that, uh, this weekend, as of now, I will be going to my first ever New York Knicks game at the Garden. So very excited. Knicks Clippers, look out for your boy. Real quick,
1: real quick, Warty. Yes. My first Knicks game. I've only been to three in my life.
0: Yeah, I've, I've been to plenty of Ranger games, but not Knicks games,
1: so that needs to change. My first Knicks game, oh, you were young. I was in middle school. Can you guess which Hall of Famer? He only played about 20 games with the Knicks. He was a trade mm. deadline acquisition. Maybe like 25 games as a Knick. Can you uh, guess which Hall of Famer's Knicks debut I went to? I wonder if anyone can guess it in the comments. I was in middle school, so we're talking approximately 12 years ago he's a basketball hall of famer only played about 25 games as a nick mid midway through the year he was acquired tail end I, of his career
0: I, I i know who you're talking about but i i genuinely do not know the name when i thought middle school next right away for me because in my sixth grade that pre-mello pre okay because when i was in sixth grade in middle school that was insanity
1: Right, right. But no, no, but this guy, was I mean, this guy's a Hall of Famer. Jeremy Lin's not.
0: Oh, no, no, I know.
1: Just separate just sharing my. Are there any guesses in the comments? I can't see them right now.
0: Someone said Tracy McGrady.
1: Yes, I was. at. Yep. My first Knicks game was T-Max debut. Awesome. Um, (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Yeah. They lost in, uh, I want to say, double OT to the Thunder in their. It was their first year in Oklahoma City. Wow. That was my first. and, And by the way, I went to two games that year. So I've only been to three Knicks games in my life. T-Mac played in two of them. And then the third was like their final day of the regular season. Two years ago when we went to the playoffs, we beat Boston. Oh, 2020. Um, Yeah. By the way, Fan Appreciation Day, I think it was 2021, the 20 to 21 season. Yeah. Uh, If you can, go to Fan Appreciation Day. Everything is like 50% off at the Garden. Food, jerseys. I got an RJ Barrett jersey that was already on sale. It came out to $30. What is that? Uh, It's their their last home game.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, food's
1: 50% off. Uh, jerseys uh, merch all 50% off it, it's the only time it's actually worth it to go to a Knicks game because every <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm a Knicks fan but I'm just saying everything is so expensive oh yeah it's it's highway robbery yeah, uh, yeah and MSG it. MSG prices are absurd but if you go fan appreciation day they they do the right thing they do the right thing
0: all right I'm gonna keep that in mind in the vault for the end of the season but guys thank you so much for watching listening wherever you get your podcast that's Joe this is Wardy and we'll talk to you guys all again next week if not sooner have a great one folks let's go Mets baby thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for BLEAV on YouTube